And we're back on the hunt with Supernatural Season 1, Episode 12, Faith. My name is Chris Barrows. My name is Dan Cummins. Chris, I'm happy to talk about this one. This episode just slid into my top spot so far. Out of 12, this is my favorite episode above home, if you could believe that. Wow. Wow. They really did slide some good episodes into this. This season really is phenomenal. I mean, we're going to... When we get to our season recap, we're going to talk about our top episodes. We're going to talk about some other stuff, but um, you're right there. This one is right now a front runner to get in there because we're running out of episodes. I, I want to address this real quick. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, this is episode 12. Uh, we're obviously recapping the show. Uh, that is Supernatural, a show that we love. And uh, when it comes down to it, definitely encourage you to make sure you go back, listen to these episodes, watch with us. Uh, if you are listening, of course, and haven't seen the show, we'd love that you're listening, but take a hold back because we're going to give you spoilers. If you want to still listen, that's fine. But I want to put that right up front. But Dan, we are talking about Faith. This is an episode that aired on January 17th, 2006. Alan Croker was the director imdb rating of 8.9 so again really good ratings across this season as we've noted with imdb this one though i gotta say synopsis wise as i get into it unexpected start because when dean is accidentally electrocuted fighting a monster he permanently damages his heart when he's diagnosed as only having a month at most to live sam searches for the means to save him and finds roy lagrange a faith healer who may actually be the real deal and I want to first comment on the fact that we're going to get into where this, you know, takes place and everything. But the fact that this episode started out with Dean being electrocuted was just kind of like a moment that I, I did not remember that part. I remembered that they went to something like this and saw a healer. I did not remember the reason they went to the healer. So this was kind of cool for me. Yeah. So this is technically the first time Dean should have died, right? As, as a rewatch, we know later on, there are a lot of times he should have died. Some he remembers, some he doesn't. This one is the official first time Dean should have died, but cheats death. And we'll get into how that happens. But yeah, he's electrocuted. And I really love this episode, Chris, because we get into two monsters. And this first one, probably, possibly, in my opinion, the most obscure monster that Supernatural introduces across the entire show. Uh, it's, it's not one I've heard of despite my Irish roots, I have never heard of this opening monster. And they refer to it as a raw head. Uh, another name for it, bloody bones. Um, it's, uh, again, it's sort of an, an Irish uh, traditional monster. It's said to be some sort of boogeyman uh, that lives near pipes under a sink and it, it drowns naughty children. Um, it, it, it's covered with, you know, matted hair and dirt and grime and has these really pale eyes. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's really kind of disgusting looking. Um, it's also said to be called, um, a water demon for short, but it, it's gotta be the most obscure monster. And as you can tell, it's, it's sort of a throwaway monster because we only see him on screen for a few minutes before Dean is electrocuted, which brings us to plot a, but I thought it was really cool that they, threw in Rawhead as, uh, you know, uh, just just an introduction to, to Dean's primary um, plot point in this. Yeah, I, I did not know about this monster. I, I'll be honest, this was that. So that is kind of cool that they do it. And they continue to obviously mix it up. 
Um, speaking of where they get mixed up in this episode, the location, this one is Ford City, Nebraska. Again, yeah. they, they keep out in a general area. We don't see much on the East Coast here at, at this point in the show. Um, Howard's from the last episode, by the way, that you calculated. Um, I want to point this out. Uh, Dan looks at this every episode. I'm yep. always intrigued by the number you find out. 13 hours from the last location. So the uh, longest we, drive so far between episodes. Yeah. It's the longest drive. Um, yeah, they're they're hitting the road. And uh, and, and you know, the reason they're there, we're not quite sure. As I said, the, the raw head is kind of a throwaway monster. But we do know that Sam later on says to the cops, we heard children screaming from a basement we decided to check it out and you know we scared the the guy i think they say the guy away we know it's an actual monster uh so we don't really know why they're in nebraska uh truly but uh yeah they're in nebraska they save the kids uh dean is able to uh kill the raw head with um some sort of electrical weapon it looks kind of like a taser gun um but of course there's he's he's laying in water the taser affects him as well and despite this not being actually possible uh, in reality, the electric clearance goes through his heart and he's essentially really, really damaged. He has, I think a few weeks to a month to live. So, so Dean's in trouble. He's in trouble. Uh, you're also in trouble when a reaper is coming after you. So I think we should note the other monster in this episode is a reaper. We'll dig into this a little bit more, but it is a very cool monster. And I have to say, the fact that death is mentioned and knowing death is coming, arguably one of my top 10 characters um, in the show. And I say top 10 characters in the show, and I'm including Sam Dean. Like, I'm not saying top 10 monsters. I'm saying top 10 characters. Right. And that is death in my mind. Oh. So he's mentioned, he's not in this episode, but the idea of death being out there because Sam actually asked the question in the episode and it's like, no, no, that not that like, but like a reaper. Uh, and so, yeah, this is to me really, really cool. Yeah. And, and if you had asked me before we started this rewatch show, Chris, what season does a reaper first appear? I probably wouldn't have told you off the top of my head season one. So it, yeah. it really is a testament to how uh, planned out this entire series was from the get go. So it's really cool to see such an integral piece of their story so early on. Um, and this one in particular, really scary looking. I mean, this Reaper, uh, very different from later Reapers. The other Reapers that we get to meet, they're much, they look more human, I would say. This one is, is scary. Um, I'm not really sure how to describe it other than he's very pale, very kind of old looking, almost like Elvish. It's uh, not Elvis, Elvish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Thank you very much. Very strange. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I, I will say that it's true. I think they evolved it for a reason. They don't want every reaper looking like this when they realize it. So I'm sure you learn a few things along the way, but when it comes down to it, first five seasons really just so well written together. So let's dig into this a little bit. Uh, obviously the reaper introduction is, is a huge piece, but we've already hit on the raw head part. So we don't, I think need to dig too much into that with this episode, but Dean's in the hospital. And I think it's important to note, Sam calls John for help. He doesn't get an answer. So, he actually calls John's colleagues like he's calling other people. I, and I just it's kind of glossed over. But John doesn't answer. John doesn't get back in this episode. And it, it, it's it's very telling. We don't even have a dialogue per se about that, about, oh, John, you know, dad didn't answer. It, it's just Dean's kind of accepting. No, I'm going to die. So be it. Like. We all knew this was possible. And I take this back. I don't want to, again, I don't try not to get to the finale, but Dean, and I think it hits on something from the finale, which is 
death and the idea that Dean's not really afraid of death. And he says, I'm going to die at some point. And essentially that he's probably going to just die on a hunt. So here we go. He really did in his, in, in his first death. Um, if this was a Twitch stream, we would have a counter going in the corner. Yep. You know, this is death number one and he's ready for it. He's fine. I'm good with dying. We are not at the, we're going to keep saving each other parts yet, but it's the beginning of it. If you think about it. And that's kind of cool. Um, because Sam does get help and discovers this preacher who's performing miracles. Um, and, and I will note, I think the other thing that's funny is that Dean does escape the hospital and said, I'm not dying in there, basically. Like, oh, that's not how I'm going out. And uh, that's when Sam's like, all right, then I got somewhere for us to go. Yeah, yeah. So luckily, Sam has, a, you know, essentially a shot in the dark here. Let's just go see what this guy's about, see if he could help us. Dean escapes the hospital. He's not going to die in a hospital. It doesn't even have hot nurses. Are you nuts? <laughs> Why would he do that? Right. So he escapes. <laughs> Um, and, and they go to the healing church of Roy and this place is very, very kind of sketchy, Chris. It's a big white tent. Uh, there's security cameras in it. Uh, there's handwritten signs of, you know, Psalms and Bible quotes. It's very sketchy, but they meet Layla, you know, a nice girl. Um, and that's kind of the introduction to what is going to be their, their process of getting Dean help. And it's, as I said, a shot in the dark, but it's very unusual for them. Because they're so used to so many bad things in the world, right? And Dean even says, you know, I don't, I don't trust the good because I've seen a lot of good people get hurt by bad things. So Dean is very skeptical. He doesn't even want help, right? Eventually, you know, the boys go into the tent and Roy gets on stage. He's a blind man. He, he kind of starts the service and he says something and under his breath, Dean says, you know, if, you know, if something under his breath, you know, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, something like that. And Roy hears him. And he says, you know, who was that young man? Like, why don't you come up on stage? And, and it's hilarious because Dean tries to, he tries to get out of it. He tries to get somebody else to take his spot. Uh, he, you know, you said he's not afraid of dying. I don't know if we're quite there yet. I think Dean's self-esteem is just so low that he doesn't think that he's worth saving. Uh, and we see that throughout the entire episode. But, but Roy actually, you know, he... He, uh, he intervenes and says, son, you know, you are worth it. And I'm not just saying that. The Lord is saying that. So, Chris, this episode is so rich in references to the rest of this series. And when we started this rewatch show, episodes like this are exactly what I was expecting. Uh, because so many of these quotes are telling about what's going to happen to these two without them knowing it. And as, you know, rewatchers, we know what's going to happen to them. And it's really cool to see them start this path. That, you know, that quote is in that scene, he basically says uh, one of the that quotes is, I didn't pick you, Dean. The Lord did. I saw a young man with important purpose and a job to do, and it isn't finished. And that is literally the truth that we come to know about this character. They have a purpose. There's a reason they're there. And uh, yeah, the Lord did have a purpose for them. Yeah. The God, the character in this show, it has them at the center of his story and we know that and and it's right there so they do play off in those later seasons an episode like this and i think that is really cool he is healed though and you have this he like collapses i think it's more to note like he collapses to the ground and it's like dean's down on ground sam's running up are you okay and he's like I, I and he basically says i'm fine uh and there is a great scene that falls shortly thereafter i mean that there's 
room clapping, right? Like, or the tent. Everyone's clapping in this big tent. Uh, but the next year in the doctor's office, and she's like, you never had a heart attack, but, you know, you're too young, though. And then there's the butt. But unfortunately, no, but, you know, we did have a, you know, another 20, a younger man, 27 year old die. And, and this is where we one get reference to age because yep. we get a general idea of like this, that age range. Once again, that Sam and Dean are in, but you hear about, oh no, someone died of the exact same thing that you are talking about as if you had. And Dean immediately knows, all right, mm-hmm. this is not cool. Something's, Something's up. up. But I want to stress about this, that you do point out that Dean didn't want to be saved. Like he yeah. said in that moment, he doesn't like, I don't want to go up there. What I noticed also in that moment is I, I think there's a quick shot of this, but you see the mother of uh, Layla, Layla and like yeah. this look like, which is you get a more cl- better clarification of later. They've been going to this place and like, wh- who is this guy? He mumbles in his breath and you're going to help him. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a quick glance. It's a quick moment, but it, it really is. It sets up what is, fairly heartbreaking in this episode in my opinion to watch that story of Layla who is honestly you you could see Dean almost touched by her story uh, throughout this episode so I thought that was an interesting note I didn't want to completely pass it so I wanted to go back to that briefly yeah Layla is a great character and she's kind of you know thrown in the background a little bit just because this episode is so rich and there is so much going on but her story really is heartbreaking and I think that it you know, it really affects Dean because he has been saved. He doesn't know why. And, you know, his self-esteem is so low. He wishes it could be her. And, and once they start to piece together, Chris, as you said, when Dean was saved, someone else died. They start to piece together that there are some kind of trading going on. And, you know, as they figure that out, Dean is almost hesitant to not, you know, dig further because, he he really wants Layla to be saved, but he knows that she can't be saved without a consequence. And and it's hard for him to justify because he has been saved based on those consequences. So, you know, he's he's following a rule that that he didn't even follow. So it's really difficult for him to to live by that code. And even Sam was like, you know, I, I didn't know this was gonna happen, or else I wouldn't have gone down this path. But it's too late. We already did. We we have to figure out what's what's doing this. And they do so that, you know, they, as Dean is healed in the corner of his eye, he sees something really strange, an old man looking thing. uh, And they figure out it's a reaper. And this thing is terrifying. Uh, It's really cool to see a reaper introduced so early on in the series. We later find out that, you know, reapers are actually angels in some form. So technically, Chris, we have met an angel in season one. There you go. No, I didn't even think about that. But that is completely true. They are some form of that, you know, it's interesting too because basically at this point we know it's a reaper we know that they've got a hunter reaper but when we actually discover what's going on with this reaper because why is a reaper mm-hmm. sticking around here and working for you they, they make you think for a moment here that the, the preacher's controlling it but then you find out it was the preacher's wife uh and there which i i think one great twist uh you know it's, it's a nice thing to see um you know the villain shift from because I didn't want it to be the preacher when right. I, I think I first watched this. I'm like, no, this guy seems wholesome. Like, I, I don't want him to be the bad guy, mm-hmm. not the bad guy. He really isn't. He really thinks he's doing good. And it turns out that it's black magic, uh, which is described as like putting a, a dog leash on a great white shark. Yeah, um, because that's what's happening. That You've got a reaper on a dog leash and that reaper is pissed, but it cannot do anything about it. 
and Roy's wife being behind it because she's killing off these people who she thinks are unworthy. And that's where the moral argument, I think, comes in in this episode. What if some people really truly are not great people and you were taking their lives to allow a good person to live? Is that okay? You can have that moral debate. I think you can have that moral debate now. I mean, if you could say, let's see, we're going to save the life of a really good person and and a dictator is going to be sacrificed. Can you have a conversation? I guess you could. It's a hypothetical. But that's what's happening here. Um, And she does not deem Dean as good because when they go back, Sam's searching. He finds Dean's face crossed off and he says, you know, we your your brother is evil. He's not a good person. Uh, I I guess we should point out, though, first he interrupts because in this scene, Dean is actually interrupts, which I imagine is heartbreaking for him, interrupts and says, fire, fire, fire. uh, And there is no fire. And you can see the look in Layla's face and Layla's mother of just like, why would you do this? I was this close to being mm-hmm. healed. Uh, and I feel for Dean in those moments because I, I, Dean does not like anything happening. And I don't think in that moment, like you said, he wanted to be saved. I think he's thinking, really, why did it have to get saved? Why didn't they save her? Right. Yeah. I mean, once, once Dean knows that, you know, Sue Ann, the preacher's wife is essentially playing God. You know, when this episode started, I thought, Maybe they were picking people that they liked to save, but it's quite the opposite, actually. Sue Ann is finding people she doesn't like, killing them off in exchange for, you know, whoever's next in line. That's essentially her method of saving people. So, yeah, so when so when Layla's finally on stage, Dean sees that. He wants her to be saved. I actually think he, he might actually kind of like her, but he knows that somebody innocent is going to be killed in exchange for her life. And, you know... I think he morally has to weigh those two things. I really like Layla, but also there's an innocent person. I don't know who is going to pay the price for Layla's condition. Essentially he has to play God in a way. And so, you know, Dean has to make that decision. I have to interrupt the service. I have to, you know, give Sam time to break the black magic. And yeah, it's, it's really heartbreaking. It, uh, it definitely plays a role in, in Dean's, you know, uh, demise as we get into later seasons of his really low self-esteem and how he values himself. Because, uh, you know, guaranteed if, if somebody asked him if he wanted to trade his own life for Layla's, he would have given it to her, no doubt. Um, so, yeah, it was really heartbreaking. And, you know, eventually Sam is able to break the spell. And, man, is it cool when that Reaper gets loose. I mean, that that dog leash gets ripped off that great white and that Reaper goes to town. Man, it was really cool to see that. Yeah, there is a great scene before that, too, when the the protester outside is like running away from nothing in Sam's yes. movie. And it, it drew me back to when Dean's running away from hellhounds in later seasons when mm-hmm. they see nothing and yet the, there's fear. So I thought that was neat. It, it In a way, it, it previews that uh, really the breaking up of the spell, the Reaper going after Sue Ann and Layla not completely understanding says it didn't work like she basically like it didn't work and obviously she's not completely lit let in on all of this she just knows it didn't work and unfortunately she does go to see him though sam invites her and it's a nice conversation and dean says something which is profound for dean which is you know i don't really believe in it but i'm gonna basically but i'm gonna pray for you yes and it's the first time you hear a reference to Dean praying. He will later pray in later seasons, mostly to try and get Castiel to show up. Um, because that's the way he can reach Castiel in that 
in that time. But uh, yeah, he it, him talking about praying, you know, he's been struck by something because he's definitely not a praying man. Yeah, it's hard to remember it because in later seasons, you know, he meets Castiel. He knows angels are real, and so he does pray. But in this earlier part of the series, he does not. Again, he doesn't believe that anything good exists out there, right? They have been hunting monsters for a long time. They have never encountered anything, you know, of great power that's willing to help people. So for him to actually wholeheartedly say, I'm going to pray for you. I mean, that was really profound, as you said, and a really cool moment. I will also say... When he prays in later seasons, for the most part, when we see him praying, it's a form of communication. Right. It's not really giving a crap about anyone. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't do it for that. There's exceptions to this, I'm sure. But most of the time, it's like it, he, he really does just try to get in touch with someone, one of the angels who, once we get into that very heavy angel plot in later seasons. Yeah, uh, angel radio is what I think yeah. he calls it. Uh, <laughs> which Exactly. Is- Exactly. Which is so memorable, yeah. So there are some great references in this episode um, that we can get into. Sam does use a fake insurance card, uh, David Berkowitz, who's actually a serial killer. Um, uh, he's a, a famous son of Sam was the yep. name that you would look him up under, or forty-four caliber killer. And there is, as you've noted here, Dan, there's a Netflix documentary on him. So if people want to learn a little bit more about David Berkowitz, the, uh, they can. Uh, obviously, I think serial killer related content and stories have been huge last few years, especially in podcasts. So I'm sure there's a podcast about the guy too. Yeah. That, that I highly recommend that documentary. And this, this one in particular, Chris is especially relevant to this show because they get into some really dark demonic stuff. Uh, this serial killer in particular. And it, I thought it was funny later in the episode. It's, it's mentioned that Sam's a big uh, true crime fan. Uh, so it's funny that he used this this name because obviously he's very familiar with David Berkowitz. Um, yeah, another one here, Layla, Chris, uh, played by Julie Benz. She was also in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, which is, you know, a show that Supernatural is often compared to. So it's cool to see that crossover there as well. Yeah, and there is a great amount of dialogue between Dean and Reverend Roy. Dean says, look, no respect, but I'm not exactly a believer. And Reverend Roy says, you will be, son, you will be, which play on words with Yoda and Luke Skywalker, as we reference the star Wars reference in particular in the early seasons, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it makes sense in that, in that dialogue. Um, Though technically the way that they, (laughs) they pitch it, Dean is supposed to be Han Solo. So I, you know, you, but great dialogue all the same. I I really enjoy that. Yeah. And there, there are a bunch of really great references to later seasons, right? So we mentioned a couple, you know, Roy saying to Dean, I didn't pick you, Dean, the Lord did. Uh, another great one in early on in this episode, Dean figures out, you know, he learns that he's going to die. And he says to Sam, you're not going to let me die in peace, are you? And I was, you know, for a second, I had to pause and I thought, you know, well, he will eventually, Dean, you know, to just alluding to the finale. Um, but, you know, it also foreshadows the fact that these brothers are going to sacrifice each other uh, <laughs> for, for a long time to come because Sam goes back and he says, you know, I'm not going to let you die, period. Um, these guys are going to have many fake deaths, if you can call it that. Um, and that's going to happen for, for many seasons to come. So that, that was, uh, that was a, an interesting moment to, uh, to pause and reflect on. Yeah. And then again, as you noted, Reapers are technically defined as angels later in the series. So there you go. Technically we saw an angel. Uh, there, there's a great line in this episode that I do want to note where Dean goes that fabric so- softener teddy bear. I'm going to hunt that little bitch down, which I, I just 
I cracked up when I when I heard that line. Uh, so so good, so funny. Um, Dean yeah. just just that that wit from Dean is sometimes enjoyable. It's sometimes he's crass about it, like he is in this case. But uh, just a just a funny, memorable line for me because I remember hearing that line and just kind of laughing out loud. Yeah, there are great. A uh, bunch of quotes here. The other one I, I highlighted here, Chris, um, they're about to to bust uh, Sue Ann and the guy uh, hold, hand, handing out protester, uh, you know, uh, pamphlets, would you call them? Um, Sam and Dean on their way to busting Sue Ann, kind of give him a pat on the back and say, yeah, keep it up, buddy, because this guy's, you know, essentially preaching that that Roy is a fake. Um, and I thought that was really funny. They just kind of pay homage to this guy who's on the ground, you know, boots in the mud, trying to <laughs> trying to get people to uh, to not go to this service. I thought it was, you know, a lighthearted moment in this otherwise really sad episode. Yeah. And there is a great note that we we have here that I think it's important to point out that this was actually Kripke's favorite episode of the season. Yeah. So how about that? You're, you're not alone. Kripke's favorite, too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really like this episode. It's so rich. It's got a lot of um, allusions towards later uh, seasons, later, uh, you know, storylines, later plot points. Um, but also, you know, we have some funny moments. We have some sad moments, um, some great character development by both Dean and Sam. And not to forget, you know, Sam is still kind of going through what he's going through. And he does mention it in this episode. Yeah. You know, Dean, you know, you might have seen a Reaper, but I'm also seeing a lot of crazy things, man. And it's it's kind of a throwaway line, but they're slowly progressing Sam's story. And I think the latter half of this season into next season, it becomes more about Sam and his journey. So I like that little, um, you know, breadcrumb that they drop there. Well, Dan, with that, I think it's almost time for us to hit the road. And next week we're going to do that with an episode titled route six, 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 which will note one of the lower rated IMDB ratings that I've seen for this season it has, I think, a lot of great moments. I'm excited to talk about it. I think there's a, there's a few things that in particular stand out in this episode that I think are very interesting, in particular for Dean's character. I think this is a great episode for Dean that we're going to be talking about, uh, and that will be, of course, next week. So uh, with all of that, there's really just one last thing that we've got to do, Dan. We've got work to do. 